have a special treat with us today, Pastor Art Aragon from Heritage Family Fellowship in Placentia, California. And they got started in 1978. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And he's still going strong. Still going strong. Hallelujah. So we are blessed to have Pastor Art in the house tonight. Today, it feels like that. But uh, let's just give Pastor a hand clap if we can. Thank you for coming. We honor you. We receive you today. And thank you for, for doing this. We bless you. Let's all pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you where two or three are gathered. You're right here in our midst. We thank you, Lord, for a fresh word in season. Let it go forth and unchecked from any outside disturbance, distraction, or force of any kind. And Father, we are faithful like you are. We cast the whole of our care over on you this morning. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, the fresh spirit of wisdom and revelation dwelling mightily in us this morning. We receive all our man of God has to say today. And we receive him gratefully. And we thank you for him. We bless him and his wife, Joanne. We pray over her. We thank you for the hedge of protection over her, that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. Hallelujah. We give you the praises for her total health and well-being. Thank you, Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, if you could all just welcome Pastor Art to this pulpit with me. That would be an honor. Thank you, sir. <laughs> It's short and sweet. We want to get right into it. As much time. We'll take up our tithing offering at the end. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Just, just checking. <laughs> well, praise the Lord, everybody. Yeah. Jesus is Lord. Uh, hey, listen. Uh, uh, how many of you, this is your first time ever seeing me? Well, I'm the same. First time I saw you, so now we're even. So let's get over it. <laughs> um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. I consider it um, anytime you take somebody's pulpit and you're invited, it's you do it with great honor and great respect. Because no matter how many years, a price has been paid. Amen. And uh, a pulpit to me is referred to as a holy desk. And so, uh, and if it's a holy desk, then uh, everything we must do, recognize that it's holy and it's righteous. So this never gets uh, uh, old. It, it's always fresh. This is a new day. We sang it early. Great is His faithfulness. And His mercies are new every day. So you've never been here before. You've woken up on a Sunday before, but you've never been in this Sunday before. And uh, the God of wonders, the God of greatness, the God of majestic, this is, is working in your behalf right now in Jesus' name. So we thank God for it. I've been wonderfully married. I met my wife in the year of 1971, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, we've, we met right after we graduated. And uh, I didn't know her in school, though. I saw her in the gymnasium afterwards. We were playing volleyball. She walked in. I saw her and fell instantly in love with her. And uh, didn't know her. And I asked somebody I was sitting with, who is she? They told me. I said, introduce me, then leave, and I got it from there. And, and, uh, true, true story. And, uh, and uh, we dated, and uh, in the year 1974, we've been married, wonderfully married. And uh, so uh, she's the greatest thing that outside of Jesus Christ to my life. And uh, so I appreciate her. I love her. Um, she's not able to be here. Uh, uh, when uh, So when I was leaving, she had tears in her eyes. She almost never ever gets any kind of symptoms in her body 
and she doesn't have COVID, so that's not it, and she's not pregnant because uh, we're both 68, so I just want to clarify that. So, uh, so that's not the case. She's, but um, she had uh, uh, head congestion and a cough, and she said, I can't go be around people and uh, do that. And then, uh, so she was, it was double, because today, uh, right after I finish here, and, and I think we're going to eat, then I go and I perform the memorial service. My brother, oh, I have two brothers, one of them just left for heaven, so I go do the memorial service. And um, he used to run in the back bay in Newport Beach, and he ran many marathons. And, uh, he, and, and uh, he loved the beach, never made it to Hawaii, but he loved all the, the, the scenery and the movies and everything. So my, my uh, sister-in-law um, said, let's do an Hawaiian theme. So thus, the, uh, the way I'm dressed. I, uh, I know heaven is real, and, uh, and I know that uh, Jesus is Lord, and in his lordship he defeated all of hell, all satanic forces. So sickness didn't take my brother he entered in. He, de- he arrived in heaven because he departed earth. You can never arrive someplace till you depart. And so he departed, and he departed in faith. And he departed uh, with his love for God. And he served us all those years in ministry. And so we know exactly where he's at. So it, we're referring to this as a celebration. So, she, so my sister-in-law took me to Tommy Bahamas, and we had something to eat, bought me this jacket, then bought me this shirt, so I had the white pants, and I said, so this is how I'm going. So I'm not, uh, uh, years back, years, years, years back, West Coast Believers Convention, uh, I served there for years. For 30 years, I was an usher uh, at the, at, uh, for Brother Copeland. For 30 years, I served there until he, they stopped the meetings. But one day, and I wasn't dressed in white, but one day a young boy followed me, and all through the, I was walking in, and he got up and followed me. He had to be about eight years old following me all the way and as I was going to the restroom he grabbed my coat he goes I know you and I said do you and he goes yeah he goes I know you I said uh, where do I know you from he goes TV you're Benny Hinn I go no I'm not I'm not, I'm not Benny Hinn he goes you're Benny Hinn I go I'm not Benny Hinn. he goes well, who are you I said I'm Art Aragon I go how he goes I don't know who that is he's even I've been following you all around and I don't even know who you are I go I don't know who you are either. Where, where are your parents? He goes, back over there. And he just shrugged his shoulders and walked away. So I know I'm wearing all white. I'm not Benny Hinn. And if you've ever been to Hawaii, I'm not Don Ho. So my name is Pastor Art Aragon. And uh, we've been pastoring uh, for many years. It was our great joy and honor when uh, uh, your pastor, Pastor Elijah, asked us, and we sat and we talked, and they asked, would you ordain us? And um, uh, I, didn't a- I didn't respond. Am I right? Yeah. I did not respond for two years. I never brought it up for two years. Because um, or- ordination to me is that serious. It's like marriage. And when you lay hands on somebody, you're imparting a part of your favor and the anointing on your life. And... It's not enough that you say you're called. Somebody needs to know besides you. And I needed to, to uh, internally and prayerfully qualify that. So two years after that, we invited him to dinner. And uh, we took him to an Italian restaurant. And uh, we sat down and point blank asked him, Do you still want me to ordain you? Yes. Tell me why. 
and I interrogated them, and I don't know if they were ready for it or not. And uh, I asked them some hard questions, straightforward questions, and then after we got through, then I said, okay, before we finished, I said, it'd be our meal, then I will do that. Let's set this up. So I am his ordaining factor. My submission, I was with Dr. Ed DeFrance since the year of 1978 until the year before he went to heaven through a plane crash. And then um, I prayed two years what I would do. And then Jesse Duplantis is now my, uh, the, my man of God who I submit to. The men I submit to personally is uh, Jesse Duplantis. I submit to Brother Kenneth Copeland. And I submit to Dr. Mark Barkley. These are the men that I submit to. I uh, was also submitted until he went home to uh, Dr. Frederick Casey Price. I was on his board for 30 years as well. And uh, so, uh, and I'm not boasting or doing, but just so that you know me. I travel with Dr. Lester Sumrall, travel with T.L. With Osborne, with Norval Hayes, with Charles Capps. And so these are the people that I submitted to. These are the people that could counsel me. These are the people that talked to my life, spoke into my life. I don't believe you can be in ministry and shut yourself off. And if you're not open to, to instruction, correction, rebuke, and encourage and encouragement, uh, then you're not worth your grain of salt. You have to be submitted. And so I, I am a submitted man. And uh, if my wife was here, I'd tell, put her name in it too, just so she'd smile. So I'm submitted to her. But, uh, but my beautiful bride uh, and I have been serving in these ministries together all these years. So um, it's a great joy to be here once again. I get the honor of dedicating two children today to the Lord which is a great honor, and I do not consider that a just a religious duty. Anytime somebody lays hands on somebody, it is for the benefit of their future. And so I consider it a great honor that they would allow me to be a part of their children's lives. And we already love their, their daughters, and uh, uh, so my wife uh, adores their, their daughters, and so now we get the privilege of ordaining and I sound asleep. I won't wake them up. So, but uh, sound asleep. But anyway, so let us, if we may, if you're if you're all there, um, uh, if you have any questions about me, you can talk to Pastor afterwards, and uh, so <laughs> and he'll answer all the questions for you, uh, if you will. Uh, let's let's uh, put your Bibles towards heaven and say, "This is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have." I can go where my Bible said I could go. I am everything that my Bible said I am. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so today I will receive faith, and I will be better because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, now if we will, let's open our Bibles. Let's go over to the book of Colossians, if you will, for just a moment. And uh, thank God for the Word. That the Word of God works, and so uh, every time you and I work the Word, it does work, and it works in our behalf on a regular basis, and we're so grateful for it. So go, if you will, to the book of Colossians, and uh, Colossians chapter 1, if you will, and uh, let's look at this. I want to, uh, I want you to see these verses of Scripture. Uh, uh, let me get there real quick. I learned the uh, uh, these particular verses 
through uh, a man by the name of Mr. Bleak from my Bible my church. And he said, General Electric Power Company. That's how you remember Galatians. <laughs> That's how you remember the titles of Amen. So if you just remember General Electric Power Company. And so, uh, so that, that's how I remember that. But Colossians chapter 1, let's look at verse 7, if you will. And it says, as also you have uh, learned from Ephorus, our dear brother, our dear servant. Now notice that word servant, underline that, our dear servant. And it says in here, uh, who is a faithful minister of Christ or the anointed and his anointed one on, behalf, on, our, on your behalf. Uh, who also declared unto you, unto us, your love in the Spirit. Now, now catch that. Very powerful statement. Back up to verse 1 for just a moment. And look at Paul's inter- introduction. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ, or those that are in the anointed, which are at, at Colossians, a grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God uh, and our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints for the hope which is built up for you in heaven whereof you have heard before the word of truth of the gospel. Now underline that. See verse 6 of verse 5? Where you before you heard the word of the truth of the gospel, underline that, because we have to qualify. Where did you hear it from? Where did you hear it from? Because this is a qualifying verse. Because remember, he says, "I have heard of your faith." How? The apostle Paul makes a power, powerful statement. I heard of your faith. Your faith is being talked about. How? Who's talking about it? Who's doing that? Who is speaking about the dynamics of your faith? Who's doing it? See, it's important. It's not enough that we have faith, and it's not important that we exercise faith, but if it's recognizable, who's talking about that faith? Now, now, now verse 6, which has come to you as in all the world, and uh, bringeth forth fruit. Well, listen to that. He said, I understand your faith is being talked about, and it's recognizable because it's bringing forth fruit. Isn't that wild? It's not enough that you go to church. Is that enough that it, religion makes you an artifact and will put you in a museum? What you and I need is a depth of relationship with the Most High God that is so strong it'll never stop. And we have a, a no quit attitude. Jesus is Lord and He never quit. And in me, Jesus never quits. No matter what the challenge is, we, we need to learn to run at our giants. Amen? We need, to, we need to, uh, to do this. So he says, it brings forth fruit. And doth also in you since the day that you heard of it. Oh, there it is. Watch it. That you heard of it. Somebody yell at me. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. By hearing. Come on, a little louder. By, it comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Well, you heard it. And listen to that past tense. We know that you heard it. So the fruit is based on what you've heard. That fruit was based on what you heard. But... Now it's being, your fruit is being talked about. Why? Who's talking about it? Verse 7. We also, uh, and also learn from Ephesus. Oh, we learn from Ephesus. Well, who is he? Who is he? Almost nobody knows this, but he was the pastor installed by the Apostle Paul over this church. 
So you see his name here. He's mentioned four times in the Bible, and he's not your giant superstar. But to this church, he is. And he was saying, they're hearing the word, they have heard the word, they're doing the word, they've got fruit that resembles the word, it's manifesting in their life, and I can't stop talking about the faithfulness of this church. So who's talking about this church to Apostle Paul? The pastor. Why is he talking? Because the Apostle Paul is asking, how's the church going? What's going on with the church? I often ask pastor, talk to me about your ministry. What's going on? See, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I ordained him and his wife. I'm ordained, uh, I am their ordaining factor. My eternal responsibility is to them. My responsibility is to say, see to it that he stays in the ministry, stays steadfast, unmovable, that he keeps abounding in the work of the Lord. That if he ever tells me, the Lord spoke to me, then I challenge him every time I see him. Are you still doing what the Lord told you? Not what man told you, not what I told you. My job is not to give him a vision. My job is not to run the ministry. My job is not to oversee your lives. That's his assignment. My assignment is to oversee his life so that when he stands up here, he still stands in that same power and that same authority. After 43 years, there have been some times I felt like quitting. Because there have been moments that members of my church, I know it's going to shock you, have been mad at me. and Because um, I'm a person. I'm in this flesh, just like you. I'm anointed, but I live in this body. It's a handsome body, I know. But it's still a flesh. It's still body. I get that. And so because of that, it is my responsibility then to understand that. And there have been times I've taken the pulpit and I've been mad at our congregation. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways. There have been times I got up and said, Joanne, let's go to the beach like everybody else. I mean, come on, let's just do that. Uh, you know, why, why don't we do that? But after all these years, we're still here serving the Most High God and still faithful and loving every moment of it. I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. Uh, I'm, I don't have, I'm, I'm not burnt out and I'm not wore out. Anytime a minister gets burnt out or wore out, it's what they've been doing in the flesh and not what God told them to do. Amen. So, when, so I, I was, when pastors tell me I'm burnt out, I say, what are you doing that God never told you to do? Yeah. Okay, I'll come on this side. <laughs> and I say that to the believers as well. Yeah. I say that to the believers, to all of us as well. So here we find an interesting thing. He says that you're talked about. So I want your faith to be talked about. Amen. I want you to, I said it earlier, run at your giants and slay your giants. I don't know what they are. It may be a financial giant. It may be a marital giant. Whatever it might be. However, if you'll stay with your pastor and, and, and listen and, and allow the word of God to get on the inside of you, and allow that anointing, that impartation. Anytime I get up to speak, I'm imparting. Yeah. It is my intention to impart. I pray for my congregation before I preach, all week long. And then when I get through ministry, I go back into prayer for them. I have a gentleman with me, Stan Mendrum. He knows this. If I'm preaching and it's on a Sunday morning and I'm at a, somewhere else and I'm ministering, uh, I don't leave my hotel room. 
I'm in my hotel room and I don't pray. I don't go shopping. I've been everywhere and seen nothing. Because my assignment is the people who are going to come into that auditorium, come into my, the sound of my voice. And the Apostle Paul in Thessalonians made the statement, pray for me that I be removed from wicked and unreasonable people, that the word of the Lord would have free course. The thing that I want the most is that the word has free course to get down into your, the womb of your spirit, Amen. plant that seed of greatness on the inside, and then you go and produce it. Amen. Amen. So the, the filet mignon of this ministry is your pastor. I'm jello. There's always room for jello. But the filet mignon is right here, your pastor. Amen. And so th this is what we've got to comprehend here, and we've got to see this. So notice this. He makes this reference uh, again in verse 7. He said, I declared unto you this love, verse 8, in the Spirit. This is called the voice translation. So I'm going to read this to you. The same gospel that, that was brought to you, I like this, are you watching? Listen close. Is growing in you and bearing fruit all over the world. Now you know and I know there's a difference between the word earth and world. Earth is the planet, the soil, the dirt. It's what produces the trees. The world is the system. So the system's corrupt. The system has been dying because Satan created the world's system. So it was never designed to succeed. Your success is not from there. You can yank prosperity from it because you belong to God. But don't trust the world to bless you. Don't trust it. But you have an almighty God that knows how to instruct you how to maneuver through the world system and benefit the best that you can while you're going through it. He's an awesome God. Amen. So here he makes the statement in, the, in uh, the voice. It's growing in you. Right now, the word has been growing in you. It's growing in you. It's growing in you. The apostle made this statement in the book of Acts. He said, and the word multiplied and grew. Some people say, well, our church is growing. Well, the only way the church grows is when people grow. Yeah. Yes. You don't count the numbers that say we're growing. Amen. That's multiplication. Right. You want to find out, are you growing inside? Yeah. Are you growing internally? Do you know more today than you did yesterday? And are you doing more today than you did yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So we got we got to increase on the inside. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And so as I grow in Christ, I've been at this. Just a short time. It's, it's only been 45 years that I've been at this. I, I don't know everything there is in, in the scriptures. And, and, and I've, I've been working this. I've been working this. I remember when I was doctor with Dr. Summerall in the Philippines. I was with a man by the name of Dennis Burke. And uh, several of us were there. And we had the afternoon off. But that night I was going to go preach. And as usual, I would head for my room probably around noon. And, and then I would stay there. And so I was going on my routine schedule. But we were all out. It was hot in the Philippines. It was only 118. And so uh, we were sitting out by the pool. So I decided I'm going to jump in the pool, swim across, then go to my room. I did that. Got a towel, wrapped up, and went to my, and got in the elevator. And the elevator opened on the second floor. And it's Dr. Lester Summerall. And I'm on a trip with him. And he looks at me, and I'm wet, soaking wet. And uh, he looks at me. He's all dressed up in a suit. Got three cameramen with him. And he was out filming. And, uh, and I'm, I'm by the pool. He's swimming. I mean, I'm swimming, and he's out by the pool. And so he tells me, uh, looks at me, he goes, huh. He always used to grunt. He goes, huh. He goes, uh, you're a pastor, aren't you? I go, yes. He goes, huh. 
He goes, you're with Dr. Ed Dufresne, aren't you? I go, yes, sir. He goes, huh. <laughs> the elevator opened up, and he got off the, off the floor. All the guys got off with the cameras, and he grabbed both the doors while they were closing. And he looked at me, he goes, and he, and he yelled. He had a grunt. He, 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 oh, he yelled at me, he goes, so tell me, what are you doing for God? And let the elevator door shut. <laughs> I had to stand in that elevator by myself. And over the years, I always wanted to answer that question. But when you're talking to Dr. Sermon, nothing you're doing compares. So what was I going to say? What was I going to say? I never answered him. Traveled with him. He spoke for us. I had dinner with him, lunch with him, and different things. But I never answered that question. And then when he went to heaven, I thought, I never answered that question. But hopefully, he got to see my life and saw what I've done. 18 different countries. 36 different states. And one thing I found, no matter where I go, people still need the word, no matter what language, no matter who they are. Everybody needs the word. The people in the Ukraine need the word. The people in Russia need the word. You understand? What's, you, you understand? The people in China need the word. Don't curse the people. Curse the spirit behind that. All that foul stuff, endeavoring to, to, to destroy that. We as the body of Christ can stand right here and we can make a confession. Of course, Psalm 107, verse 20, he spoke the word and he healed them and delivered them of their destructions. Some people need deliverance. From right now, Psalm 107, 20 is alive. We can speak the word only, according to Matthew and according to Mark. We can speak the word only. But right where we're at. But you can't speak what you don't know. And you got to say it with authority. It'd be a hard thing. Those of you that are mar married, it'd be a hard thing if the if the minister said, "Do you take using myself example? Do you take Joanne to to be your your, your bride and all? They went through all things." And I go, "Uh, I think so." <laughs> Can you imagine what she how she would look at me? You think so? Or if you said it cautious, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know that marriage is headed for trouble if it goes that way. You're in trouble if you say, well, I think I'm the righteousness of God. Uh, hey, do you know you know that God loves you and that Satan's defeated? Yeah, I know that. Did you ever notice that whiners uh, have a melody to them? <laughs> yeah, true. Don't ever ask them how they're doing. They go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned I learned from Dr. Summer I learned from these individuals you got to be bold about what you're going to do yes. you got to be bold about it now he makes a statement you're growing among this and, and since the day you heard and took the truth you took the truth of God's grace from your beloved fellow servant your pastor Ephorus he is a faithful minister of the anointed of on your behalf and he was the one who told us how you demonstrate your love in the power of the Spirit. Yeah. God, that's so powerful. That you missed like 20 places right there to shout. He is a faithful minister. Yes. Did you notice it did say that he is a, a minister that has 25,000? Or a faithful minister with a big building? Or he's got 40,000 in his choir? Or a great music ministry? No. Faithful faithful. The Apostle Paul 
deem faithfulness above anything else. Yeah. Anything else. The only reason that I was able to partake of the uh, uh, ordination was because I found this couple faithful. That was the only reason. It's because I found them faithful. And, and that's the only reason that Jesse Duplantis ordained me. We were in my back room, and I said, after the service, I want to talk to you about something. You know that Dr. Dufresne passed away? So afterwards, I want to talk to you. And he said, he looked at me, because on the plane flying over here, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to both Kathy and I and said, you are found faithful in his eyes and wants us to ordain you. And that's what you're going to ask us. I said, you're right about that. He goes, yeah, I already know. So we, we don't need to talk about it. It's a done deal. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, so, so because of that, and I've got a, a, a relationship with him, uh, and I can talk with him. Well, he doesn't have a cell phone. I don't know if you know that. He doesn't have a cell phone. He always tells about it. He doesn't have a cell phone. So it's Kathy that we converse with all the time. So, and uh, we're so grateful uh, that they come to our church, and she comes and preaches for us. Every, they'll be with us in July. They come with us every year. She preaches on, on Saturday night, and he does our Sunday morning. And then we get to be in their plane and fly. And he sits on the floor, sits right next to me, and I get to ask him questions. Now, let me tell you this. If you ever want to know anything from somebody who knows more than you, always remember this. You only know what you know. Yeah. And if you don't know somebody, something, then you don't know. So find somebody that knows and then ask them, and then they'll teach you, and then you'll know. Otherwise, you won't know. So if you don't have a question for somebody, then the person with the answer never shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Good. Amen. Yeah. So catch the tongue twister. Yeah. If you don't pay attention, ignorance will charge you. Amen. Okay. So, so, uh, so they heard it, and he was the one who told us. Who? Your pastor told us. And we told of the demonstration of your love. He didn't talk about you just attended. He talked about the demonstration of your love and the power of the Spirit. Uh, until this time, literally nobody's ever heard of this man. But he came by the highest commendation, and it's called faithfulness. Faithfulness. Turn around and tell somebody, say, thank God you're faithful. Thank God you're faithful. And then you tell them, well, thank you very much for noticing. <laughs> thank you very much for noticing. It's got to be something that we notice. Go to the book of Acts real quick. Acts chapter 6. How, how do we know that this takes place? Acts chapter 6. We're in the body of Christ. And we have to love each other. And we have to be a part of each other. Acts chapter 6. There was a, 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 dis, a, a dispute that went on in the church. And um, I don't want to get into that portion of it. There's a powerful statement from chapter 5, 6, 7 into all this. But I want you to jump down. It said... In, um, uh, verse 3, Look ye out among you seven uh, men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. Not the most popular. Don't look for the most handsomest. Don't look for the person who's got the most money. Don't look for the one who drives the best car. Look for pe people that are honest before God. Look for those individuals who've got character. They've got these elements. They've, they're faithful. Their integrity Amen. is important. Their integrity. A man by the name of Edwin Lewis Cole used to say this. Your integrity is your bond. And your bond is everything. Because your bond is your covenant. And if you break your covenant, you break your bond. And the only reason you break your bond is because you have no faithfulness. Amen. So, and faithfulness 
has a has a companion that runs with it. It's called loyalty. Yeah. And you have to have them both. You have to have them full, both. Uh, a faithful man will come home, but a loyal man won't have a girl on the side. Okay, I'll come on this side. <laughs> There's a difference. A faithful man says, I, I tithe. A loyal man does. Yeah. Yeah. Fa faithful man says, I love my church. A loyal man shows up. Yeah. So they go together. And that all feeds you by your integrity. That all feeds by your integrity. All, all of this does. And so I'm not, uh, you know, <clears throat> I pastor the church. I have an office called pastor. But I'm no, I, always, I have a statement. I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. We're just all better than what we used to be. <laughs> and and a, a good man that I know, missionary, uh, when I met him uh, 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 31 years ago, he, he, uh, his name is Wayne Myers. Uh, uh, you met him, right? Your pastor met him. And, we, and in Mexico, you were with me. Uh, I've, I've taken him with me, and I've introduced him to all kinds of ministers of the gospel. And I want him to know who I know. I want him to be blessed by the, by the relationships that I have. And uh, so they, they know that. People that travel with me, I introduce them. I had one time, uh, I was with some well-known ministers, inter nationally known ministers, and they wanted to meet with me, so we went. But, but they wanted to meet out in Bakersfield. So I, so, uh, I told some ministers, hey, I'm coming to Bakersfield. Maybe tonight we have dinner. So one said, why don't you come and speak for me? I said, well, I'm not coming for that, but if you want me to, I will. But we went, and he wasn't with me. There was another two men that went with me. And we, we went up, and the, the ministers that were there, they said, uh, well, you can send your men to another table over there because that's where our men are sitting. They said, well, we'll sit here. And I said, my men drove with me. These, are the, these, these men are ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're just not called to the fivefold ministry. I said, but they're in ministry. They're called ministry of helps. That's what they're called. I said, now, if you want your men to sit over there, that's up to you. My men will sit here, or I'll go sit at that table, and you guys can come in. I said, because I didn't ask to come here. You called me here. If I called their name, you'd know who they were. And they're international. They're all over TV and everything else. But that doesn't faze me. I have uh, the only respect I have is for faith. Amen. I don't respect your title. Amen. I respect what you drive. I don't respect how big you are. I respect your faith. How big is your faith? Yes. How big is your faith? That's what I want to know. Amen. So they said, "Okay, we'll have everybody sit here." And I go, "We'll bring your men over too." <laughs> so they, we all got to do that, and, and, and we sit there. Sometimes I'll have guest speakers, and once they're there, then I'll tell. I, I sit the other pastors at the table. <laughs> With all the guest speak with the guest speakers, and I'll go sit somewhere else because I get the opportunity to sit with them regularly. They don't, so I'll sit them there, talk with them, and I'll prompt them, ask them these questions, and they'll talk for hours. Because <laughs> I want them to benefit. Yeah. I want them to know something. I'm a father. I have two children. I want my children to surpass me. Yeah. I want them to be better than I am. I want them to have more than I have. I don't want them to have a house and have debt and have cars that are dead. I, I don't want that. I want them to, to be debt free. I want them to be able to do what they need to do. I, need, I want them better than me to achieve more. Well, I'm a pastor. I want my congregation to be better than me. I want them to, to, so my congregation, after service, we sit up front, talk to everybody. We wait. My, my wife, 
uh, buys gifts every week for all the little girls. And all the little girls come running up and they line up. And they all get a gift from my wife. Every week. Every week. Am I right? Yes, sir. Every week. Every week. And sometimes they tell me, get out of the way. Because <laughs> I'm standing there. And because we're pastors. A pastor who does not smell like sheep isn't a pastor. It's good. It's good. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> uh, you can tell I'm a pastor. I, I, I love pastoring. I love my congregation. I have nothing bad to say about any of them. I love them all. I, I love them all. I have a wonderful, wonderful lady, Nikki. And I love them all. But I'm just calling her. She came to me. She was crying one day. And she's in a walker. And she comes, <clears throat> and she was crying because just, just physically disabled, you can tell. And she's believed for a manifestation of healing. But she came and said, I want to serve, and I want to help, and I'd like to usher, but I've got this chair crying. She goes, would you allow me to serve? I got on my knees and looked at her. I said, I would be so honored if you would. Nikki, thank you so much. I said, come with me. She got up and got in her walker, walked over. I said, put her to work next week. I want her at the front door greedy. I want her to, I want everybody to see her. And Nikki, if you need to sit in your chair, sit in your chair. If you can stand, stand. But if you need to sit, sit. You are who I'm looking for to represent Jesus Christ and me. Amen. And she, oh, you should see her face. She lit up. Why? Because we need people. Yeah. We need people. And, and everybody's wanted Everybody is. And so it's called ministry. Called ministry of helps. It's so valid. And and you're the real heroes of the ministry. Ministry helps the real heroes. We we stand here. I didn't put this equipment together. I watched as he as my brother played what I call the box. Is that what you call it? The box? <laughs> I like a conga. <clears throat> I understand that, but we refer to it as the box. Yours is fancier than ours, but I like that little box. But, he, but did you see him playing? I looked over and I smiled. I go, thank you, Jesus. Look at this. I saw the keyboard that she was playing. I said, wonderful, wonderful. I, I, I greeted some of you. Smiles. What wonderful smiles. Do you know how valuable you are? How precious you are? Just you being here and smiling increases the anointing. Yeah. It really does. If you, if you remove the letter S from ministry, you have the word mini-try. <laughs> and there's too many people trying mini-tries, and that's why they fail and quit. But you add the S, the spirit life. You have ministry. That's what we're all about. That's what this church is about. That's why when you come here, we're outside. It's awesome. You hear the birds singing for you? It's so awesome. They're... they're Look at them. Oh, yeah, they're, they're listening. Look at them intently. They're stuck to the gate. They're listening. <laughs> hear that? They didn't recognize that. That's their language. language. <laughs> so this is important. Acts chapter 6. Notice this. And, and, uh, but he said this. Verse 4. But we'll give ourselves continuity to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Three things are found in this verse that everyone needs. And, and Ephorus needed, Apostle Paul utilized it, and that is this. Number one, uh, you must give yourself. You can't take it. You can't, we can't force you into anything. But serving Jesus is everything. Mm -hmm. 
And loving God is everything. And, and what can I do for you, King Jesus? Jesus, what can I do for you? Uh, look, when I was nine years old, I almost died. Both my kidneys failed. And I was in the hospital for a year. And the doctors said there was no hope for me. For a whole year, I was in the hospital. And when I got out, I was almost going into 11 years old when I got out. And the doctors told me, you can't play sports. No football, no baseball, no basketball, no sports, no swimming. Can't go to the beach and go in the ocean anymore. So consequently, I didn't learn sports. I was awkward because of it. And I had to stay inside and look outside as my friends all played. Because for the next five months, they kept me inside so that I wouldn't lose my kidneys. That's why I hate sickness. You can't convince me sickness is a teaching lesson or it's a the will of God for anybody. It is not. Amen. It's not right to take the life of a child like that and torture their life. That is not God at all. Not the God I serve. Amen. My parents didn't know God at that time. I don't fault them. They, they prayed the best they could, but they didn't know the Word. They didn't know. And I lived. And every time I get up to preach, I'm thinking of that. I think about that. Some of you, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, you wouldn't be here today. Amen. It wasn't for Jesus. Look at me. I did a $125 a day cocaine habit because I had no friends. Because I couldn't play baseball. I didn't know how to throw baseball, football, basketball. So the only way I could make friends was drugs. So I used to sell. I used to go to San Diego, to San Francisco, pick up all my drugs. And I, I know what it's like to have a shotgun put to your head. I know what it is to have them pull the trigger and it not go off. I, you, I can prove that to you because I'm here. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have been here. It was a gang that had tightened up that area where I was selling drugs. I was a part of their gang. So they beat me with the gun because it wouldn't go off. Took my money, took the drugs. So when I got born again, accepted Jesus Christ, I had $5,000 worth of drugs back in the 70s. That's any 5000 at any time. And I went to the toilet and threw it all in the toilet. And then said, Jesus, I didn't know any better. I just got saved that night. I said, I don't know you. I, I'm, just, I, I, I'm believing you. They told me that you're a good God. Help me because this isn't my drugs. And I flushed everything down the toilet. Nobody came looking for me. It wasn't my drugs. It wasn't my money. And I'm still here. Amen. And every time I preach, I think about that. Every time I minister, every time I wake up, I think about that. Amen. The enemy tried to kill my wife in 2015, and she's still alive today. The doctors told me she was going to die. Get the family together. Told me the next day, get the family. She's dying. I said, they're all here. When you get four doctors telling you, specialists, she's dying. She's not going to make it at all. Then the anesthesiologist, she's going to die. She's not going to make it. Where's the family members? I go, they're on the waiting room. They went in there. There's nobody in there. They're all there. James, Peter, Paul, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Jesus. Amen. They're all here. Hallelujah. My wife's alive today. Amen. And they told her they would not live. And she's alive. I wake up every morning and get to look at her. I still get to hold her hand. Oh, what a joy that is. And what a joy it is to go to church and singing. What a joy it is to wake up in the middle of the night and hear her praying in tongues. What a joy it is to hear her wake up and, and, and singing worship songs. See her getting dressed and worshiping God with tears in her eyes. 
Do you know what a joy that is? Amen. Do you know what that is? That's not a pastor. That's a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Christian. I'm, I'm more of a Christian than I am a pastor. Pastoring is just a... When I get to heaven, nobody's going to want me to be their pastor. Why wouldn't they see Jesus? Art, Jesus. Art, Jesus. Art, see you later. This title, I'll lay down. I'll lay it down. Everybody sees Jesus. I'll lay my title down. Put my crown down before him. No, Jesus, I don't want a crown. Just you. Just you. Just you, Jesus. But while I'm here, I'm doing the best I know to serve him. Give yourself continually. I've given myself, your pastor has. Now we give ourselves to ministry. Ministry helps, serving, serving, serving. It's just serving God. It's what it takes, just serving individuals. And then, notice this, give yourself to the Word. Listen, you'll never burn out if you give yourself to the Word. Instead of, listen, don't serve people, serve God. Yeah. And if you serve God, people won't get on your nerves. Because yes. the moment, you know, you listen, meeting Jesus is all right. It'd be, if, if all we knew was God and that's all we needed to know, awesome. But then you run into people. And that's the challenge because everybody's got a different personality. Everybody's different. Some of you like meat, some of you don't want to eat meat. You know, some of you, you know, like, you know, fish, some of you don't like fish. You know, so some of you like the sun, some of you don't like the sun. Some of you like the cold, some of you don't. It, 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 we're all different. I like that praise and worship. I, don't, I wish they'd sing this song. I wish they'd do that song. It's too loud. It's too soft. The chairs are too hard. The chairs are too soft. <laughs> we're all different. Yeah. I, I wish she didn't. I wish she wouldn't end. <laughs> I wish she never came. I wish she never left. <laughs> But God created you for a reason. Yeah. So please don't give up on you because God hasn't. Amen. Amen. Don't ever do that. Amen. And don't ever put down what God is highly esteemed. If Jesus paid the price for your life, then give yourself to the Word. That's the highest thing you can do. And the last one is prayer. Give yourself to prayer. Because everyone needs prayer. You're going to need prayer. Mm -hmm. I need prayer. Amen. My prayer life was, I learned my prayer life spending moments praying with individuals like Billy Brim and, you know, uh, Phil Halverson, different individuals that taught me how to pray. Pray efficiently. Pray the Word. Pray, uh, praying the Word is the most intelligent conversation you can have with God and converse with Him on a regular basis because Jesus is Lord. There's no greater God than the God we serve. No other God. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Now I'm not like, um, uh, I'm not like uh, the beautiful songstress that just got through singing earlier today. And uh, the opera singer. And I heard some of you others tell me I lead praise and worship. I used to many, many years ago. I used to lead and write our own music. I used to write my own music and, and, uh, and all the musicians used to do all that. I was in my office one time and somebody asked me, I said, the man was mad. And he goes, why do you do what you do? Why? Well, I don't get it. Why do you do what you do? And I said, because this is the life I've chosen to live. That's it. I just chose this life. Mm -hmm. It's not forced on me. I chose it. Yeah. 
So since I chose this life, this is what I want. And he goes, well, uh, it's hard. And he walked out of the room. I said, a choice is the easiest thing you could do. It's living the choice. Yeah. And the distractions you have around you. So it was then I just, he walked out the room and I thought for a moment. <clears throat> so for those of you that are singers, excuse me for a moment. But then I said, this is the life that I've chosen to live. A life with my heavenly Father. Me and him and him and me. That's the way I want it to be. Oh, this is the life that I've chosen to live. It's a life with my heavenly Father. Me and him and him and me. That's the way I want it to be. Then I fell on my knees and prayed for that man. And I wanted him to have the same choice. That year was in 1983. I still sing that once a month to remind myself. I don't belong to myself. I was followed to Christ. Yeah. And I chose my Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. You don't choose a church. You choose a pastor. You choose to get there. The menu is the Word of God. And we feed off the Word. That's what we're here. And I'm finished for today. <laughs> Hopefully you got something out of this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless this wonderful congregation. I curse sickness and disease and command it to leave their bodies. I speak over their life and all the darkness that may be hovering over their family units. I, I, I break that power and speak light and speak life, speak abundance in Jesus' name. I say that financially they're increasing and I say that what they set their hands to do shall and will prosper. I'm so grateful to you, Father, that although weapons may be forming, they will not be able to prosper against them. I say the enemy's been defeated and that Jesus, you are Lord of their life and that you will make yourself real to them on a daily basis. I'm thanking you for them in Jesus' name. I call their heart strong, their lungs strong, their kidneys strong. I say there are no blood diseases, no sugar diabetes, no high blood pressure. No, I'm declaring that their bones are not brittle but strong. I'm declaring no Alzheimer's will ever take place. No loss of hearing. No loss of smell or sight. Father, I'm declaring in Jesus' name, no tragedies on the highways or the freeways. No break-ins, no rapes, no burglaries, no drive-by shootings, no accidents on the freeways. I'm declaring that their life is protected. Angels are watching over them. I'm saying that their words are going ahead of them, paving the way. And I'm declaring in the authority of the name of Jesus that they will continue to walk by faith and not by sight. And they'll continue to do the impossible because you're with them and because Jesus is Lord. I'm thanking you that they surrender all to you and submit that Jesus is Lord of my life. While every head is bowed and I closed, and since this is my first time here and some of you is my first time seeing you, 
Uh, I'm not asking you about church attendance or denomination. Jesus Christ is not a denomination. Jesus is not a theory. Jesus is not a theological subject. He's not a denomination that you can join. Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God who was born of a virgin, died on the cross, rose again from the dead, ascended up into heaven where he now sits at the right hand of the Father, where through Jesus Christ he wants you to sit in him. All you need to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've been running from God, then I ask you to stop running. Turn around and you'll find out you didn't run that far. He's right there waiting for you. God has not quit on you. Please don't quit on yourself. Life can be rough. Life can be challenging. Life can be... Life happens. We all have to admit that. That life does happen. And we run into situations. You didn't expect it. You didn't want it. But it happened. If you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, or if you have and you walked away, maybe you got cold, calloused, indifferent, maybe somebody hurt you, maybe somebody in a church hurt you, maybe a pastor hurt you, God has never hurt you. And let me make a statement to you. While men are busy being men, God will always be God. So trust in God. And don't ever allow men to stand between you and the Most High God, your wonderful, precious Redeemer who loves you, who cares about you, who, who has delivered you and set you free. If you say, well, Pastor Art, that's me. I either want to give my life to the Lord or rededicate my life. Could I see your hand? Is there anybody at all? God bless you, sweetheart. Anybody else? You either want to give your life or rededicate. No judgment, no condemnation. Listen, this is time to run with God, especially in the hour that we're in right now. God bless you, sir. I appreciate that. I'll give you time. Anybody else? I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. Jesus died 2,000 years ago. We're coming back. So if you would like to either rededicate your life or give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and you'd like to be filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, you would like to honor God, then we would like to bless you and let you know that we love you we thank God for you and that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's, he's Lord of all. Something powerful about Jesus Christ. Amen. So for those of you that raised your hand, the rest of us, we're going to pray with you. So all of us, let's keep our eyes closed and nobody looking. But let's raise our hand to heaven and let's pray this prayer out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus I thank you, I thank you that, your word is true, that your word is true and it's yes and amen. Yes. Jesus, Jesus, I acknowledge, I acknowledge that, you are Lord. that you are Lord. There is nobody, there is nobody like you. Like you. Thank you, Thank you that when you died on the cross, you died for my sins. And because you did, they've been removed. And now through you, Jesus, I am one with my Heavenly Father. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to read the Word and understand it. And give me godly friends. Remove everybody from my life who is not right. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's give them a hand, if you will. And um, I'm not sure of the every church is different, and, and I'm not trying. I'm just, but I don't know all the order of service here. And so um, afterwards, if you will, if you'll talk to the pastor uh, uh, and his wife, and, and let them know you prayed that prayer before you leave. Please do that. Let them know you prayed that prayer. Let them. He's the pastor here. I'm not. So. Uh, 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 after this is over and uh, we fellowship a little bit he's the one that remains 
He's the one that prays for you. They're the ones that stand in faith for you. They're the ones that are going to be standing with you. Just like I do with my congregation. And uh, so, I do this. You know, my, There are times that I'm in the middle of my service, and I'll tell somebody, give me your cell phone or call somebody. I need to talk to them now. They didn't come to the church service that day. Call them now. I need to give them a word. And I'll stop in the middle of a service. That's my responsibility as a pastor, yeah. to love my congregation. One time a woman left our church, and she was in Dallas, Texas, and she was there. And right in the middle of the service, I stopped. I looked at her and I said, you have her phone number. Call her right now. And they go, well, time difference. I said, call her. So they called her, and she was at home. She stopped going to church and was contemplating suicide. I got on the phone, and I said, this is Pastor Art, your pastor. You left the state. You left the church. But God told me I should never leave you. I'm telling you right now, don't do it. I love you. I care about you. I was on the phone with her for 15 minutes, although everybody could hear it on the speaker. And she was crying. She goes, thank you for reaching out. Thank you. She said, I don't know what I was going to do. And she was in a, a church that had like about 20,000 members. You could be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. Amen. But you could be alone and not be lonely. Yes. Jesus said, all of you left me alone, but my father is still with me. Yes. So he wasn't lonely. Yes. Anyway, I can go on. I, I apologize. <laughs> better stop, otherwise I'll keep. Pre I'll preach my second message. <laughs> uh, it is time for me to uh, to do something here, and I'm going to dedicate two children. And uh, so, uh, if I may stand, thank you. Before they bring them forward, let me take my Bible, if you will. Um, what I always do, uh, two boys. I always give them a Bible. This is their first Bible that we hand out. We do this at our church. So we give them their first Bible. And it's a New Testament that we give them. And, um, and then we have a certificate that we give to them. And so, uh, and it's signed by me. And this is going to be the certificate. So at the end, I will do this. I never assume that everybody understands what we're doing. I never, uh, never assume that. To me, I have a definition. Assumption is the lowest form of knowledge there is. And so I don't assume that scripturally we understand. And it's a scriptural thing. Jesus was taken in Luke chapter 2 by his parents to the temple. And there he was at that time. Uh, he went through ceremonial areas. And then he had Anna, the prophetess, that came forward and prophesied. And she was waiting for the Messiah. And uh, there was another gentleman there waiting for the waiting for the same thing. <laughs> and when they walked in, they recognized the anointing. But the purpose for the bringing was the dedication. So uh, through Scripture, we find out. But let me give this to you. Dedication is an act of dedicating. Watch this. An individual who is divine back to the divine. There is no way that you can look at a child and think that evolution did that. That's right. <laughs> every child and every adult, hear the sound of my voice, every one of us are a byproduct of seed. Yeah. And all of us respond to seed and all of us plant seed because we're seed-minded. So, the act, that divine aspect of it, 
that we what we do in the dedication what I do today is dedicate the divine back to the divine it's devoting and setting aside for a particular purpose I do not believe any child is born without purpose right. worst thing you could ever do is remove the imagination of a child because the word imagination comes from the word image and that's where a lot of adults struggle struggle they no longer have an imagination so they lost their image right. mm-hmm. they don't know who they are right. yeah. Amen. I can imagine myself preaching in India that imagination is so strong that it's taken me to the Philippines, to Korea, to Vietnam, to, uh, to Thailand. I, I've been there, close. And I was heading to India, they shut the borders, couldn't go. On my way. Imagination is so powerful because it's connected to image. Oh man, there's going to be, there's so many people that, who are buried in graveyards whose dreams died with them. Because once they got older, they stopped dreaming. Mm-hmm. Listen, for those of us that are already married, let me give you a key. I did not marry my wife because she made me feel good. I married her because she made me better. Amen. And my job was to make her better. I, my wife is not my housewife because she didn't marry a house. <laughs> she married me. She married me. I'm her husband. Amen. Yeah. I have no problem. If I want her to sit down and watch TV with me, then we wash dishes together. She hasn't done the laundry in 10 years, not because she can't, but because I do it. She's my wife. She's my help meet. I want her with me. I told her when my son was 18 and he was moving out and he was gone, I said, you don't ever have to cook another day in your life. And uh, so uh, she does cook. She cooks very well, but she doesn't have to. That's why our refrigerator is half empty. Because I'd rather, I don't want her to. If she wants to, great, but she didn't have to. I just want her to be the queen she was designed to be. And and you can't be a king unless you make your wife your queen. And for those of you that are single, uh, please just write down everything I said. (laughs) Amen? Because stop looking for the right person and just be the right person. Amen. Amen. And you ladies, if you're not married and he's asking you, ask him to see his tithing record. Because if he's cheap with God, he'll be cheap with you. So anyway, there is a, (laughs) this is my third message. Um, The dedication takes prayer. So I will be praying over them. The dedication is a service I do unto God, not unto them. It's a service unto God. Number three, it is a response and a responsibility for God's people to witness this and agree and to live their life consistent that you will never do anything in front of any of these children that would ever have them turn their back on God. That they always serve God. And so this is what it's about. The value of dedication is rooted in the power of the spoken word, which is full of faith and motivates their heart for the God purpose. I'm aware of this right now. We don't see this. Right now with you is your angel. Your angel didn't quit when you turned 10 or 12 
or 15. Your angel's with you. And their angel is with them as well. So what I do today is take this, take this moment to dedicate, it, dedicate these children and acknowledge this. And I said this privately to them, and I'm telling you, all of, all of you, and I've said it before, uh, to, rear, to rear up or to train up a child in God's glory is the best way. And this, allowing me to be a part of this, is a holy moment. And uh, I am honored that they trust me with this moment. That they give, give me this moment to be a part of this. So we're going to do this. And uh, so in the, in the doing, the Bible says, you train up a child in the way they should go. So when they're old, they will not depart from it. So uh, do you want this phone or am I still recording? Oh, it's still recording. Hi. <laughs> If you don't know me, this is how I am. <laughs> when you get born again, when you get born again, your uh, character changes. Because if you had the characteristic of lying, that changes. But your personality stays the same. So now get a look at me. This is the way I was. Uh, we have Samuel, John, uh, Vanzani, and then we also have with me... Um, let me raise the look at this. Uh, Isaiah Russell Tran. So I would like the parents of both to come stand with me. Did you want this podium moved a little bit, or are you fine with right where it's at? It's okay. Okay, you're fine. And if you'll come at this moment, we have two children, and uh, so thank you so much. Isn't that awesome, everybody? Now, and if this is your first time seeing the children, I do this at our church just so that once again you can see this. Um, if you could, you fathers, you have your son. Um, if you'll go down the aisle, let everybody see your children. Sleep, awake, that's fine. Let everybody see them. And what I want you to see in them is a gift. Who knows? A future apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It could be a future president. Thank God. Uh, uh, senator, congressman, multi-billionaire. Look at those children. Get your eyes on them. Start your praying now. It is so crucial that we understand this. So, if you'll stand with your wives now. Yeah, that way we can. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 makes a statement. It says, I call heaven and earth. Some people say the word record or the word record. But it's inscribed. Heaven inscribes this. Call heaven and earth. Earth recognizes. Notice it didn't say world. Earth. Earth right now is responding to our words of faith. So they will all, always must yield to your children. Teach them right words and the earth will fund their life. Always. Call heaven and earth to record this day that I set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. 
So choose life that you and your seed may live. The choices you make as a parent is the choices your children will live out in their life. So how you treat your wives, how they hear you on a constant basis is what, what they see. If they see you, they're your son. If they see you reading your Bible, they'll learn to read their Bibles. If they see you when they're 10 years old loving their mother, the greatest thing as fathers you could do is love their mother. Greatest thing you could ever do is love their mother. Always. Always treat the family with respect. You're in ministry. Do not make the ministry your mistress. Do not. Do not make that mistake. And you have a wife. You have a responsibility. God first. God, which is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Then your wife. And then your children. Dogs and cats later and everything else. But children. They don't even apply to that. As a, as a husband. As a man of God. At higher order. You're called by God. Do you realize that you married God's daughter? And then he divinely gave you a gift called son? Behold your son in whom he's well pleased. Now, keep him in that well pleased mode. Because without faith it's impossible to please him. Apply the verses. This is a holy moment, ladies and gentlemen. This is divine. So I'm about ready to pray. If you'll stretch your hands out this way. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I am laying my hands on these two divine instruments of God that are in their infancy stage, being developed for the manifestations for the hour. They were born for such a time as this. I am declaring and announcing that the will of God is on their life in Jesus' name. I bless them. Father, I say no childhood diseases will ever be on them. I say they'll never know any childhood diseases. They'll not know any kind of crippled situation. I declare that they'll never have any lung and heart damage. I'm declaring that there'll be no hearing impediment, no yes, hearing God. problems, no speech impediments. I say they'll have wisdom beyond their years. Yes. That when they go to school and become educated, whether it's homeschooling or, uh, or however they decide to educate their children, that wisdom beyond their years will be upon their lives. Yes. We're declaring that in the authority of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you. We give you glory. Yes, I speak over them words of life and words of faith, and they'll be blessed all the days of their life. Yes. Now, Father, it's up to the parents to see to it they stay in that blessed state. Yes. If they're faithful. If they remain true. If they hearken. If they choose life. So choose life. In the authority of the name of Jesus, I bless them and I dedicate them to the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise Amen. God. Amen. And all of you said? Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. I answer. Um, Isaiah Russell Tran, born November 7th, 2021. 
in the city of Rancho. Uh, oh, Rancho. I realize. Okay, was duly and prayerfully with concern presented to the Lord in dedication on the 13th day of March, 2022. Scripture is Mark 10:14. Suffer or allow the little children to come in to be forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. So I present this to you, and uh, also may I present his first new Bible if he doesn't already have one. So I want to make sure that he has one. Amen. Praise God. Samuel John. Yeah. All right. Born December 9th, 2021, in the city of Lake Forest, was duly and prayerfully with concern presented to the Lord in dedication. On the 13th day of March, 2022. Suffer the little children, Mark 10, 14 says, to come unto me. Forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. And I say, Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I want to hand that. I think I have that. And then uh, on an annual basis, um, I uh, have ordained, as I stated earlier, Pastor Elijah. And so uh, Pastor Elijah has any... Being called of God and having fully met all the requirements set forth to be recognized as an ordained minister. I have a, a, a legal documentation with the state of California that, that I set out in order on what qualifications it takes for me to ordain. So I don't ordain just anybody. And so I have to, they have to fit that qualification. An ordained minister uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Given this, and so what I do is annually... I give them new certificates and they get a card uh, was, uh, from me with this. Under authority vested in the Board of Directors of Heritage International Fellowship in accordance with the bylaws of the corporation chartered in and by the state of California, I, uh, I present to you this ministerial organizational uh, certificate, Pastor Art Aragon. And so this is from me. Church, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your day. Thank you for allowing me to take these few moments. And um, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I believe in all of you. Believe in yourself. Believe in what God's put in you. And uh, if this is your home church, then be, be here. And, and uh, be here smiling and enthusiastic. And allow your pastor to minister. Uh, to you and allow him to be a part of this. Remember, um, there's room for jello, but the filet mignon of your life is who I'm going to give the mic to right now. Let's get a hand clap to Pastor Art. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Stan, for bringing him to us. Appreciate that. I love you. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your congregation, your body, one body in you. Thank you, Lord. For all the support you give them and all the support they give us, we just bless them. I thank you for a fresh anointing, a fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost with fire. And Father, we thank you for doing that. We love them, you love them, and we cover them in the precious name and the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father, for it. We pray for Pastor Art today for safe travels and Miss Joanne as well for that perfect covering over there union their marriage that was knit in heaven and still is thank you for them what a power couple thank you for them that they're over our lives we give you all the praises for that and if you agree with that say amen, amen. we'd like to take up our tithe and offering before we head out it's good to be able to give amen if you'd like to sow directly to pastor art just write pastor art amen pastor art aragon and we'll make sure we're going to give him a gift as well 
and we thank you for doing that. It's been a blessing. And again, he is my spiritual father. We are under him and Heritage Family Fellowship as well. If you'd like to support his church, Heritage Family Fellowship, you can do that at heritageff.org. And there's a giving link for there to partner with them. I encourage you to do that. That's good soil. I've tested that ground. <laughs> and we've reaped the benefits. Amen. So praise God for Pastor Art. They started in 1978, and he hasn't stopped, and he never will. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for being with Thank us you. today. I appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We love you guys. Happy Sunday. We have refreshments, sandwiches in the back. There's ham and Swiss. There's no roast beef for Joanne because I thought it's spoiled. She's not here today. So I owe her roast beef and Swiss. Okay? And then we have turkey, bacon, avocado too back there. So thank you all for coming out. We love you guys. Have a blessed week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.